Sorry about that. That was my fault. Hey, good morning. Good to see you guys. Um, uh, I would just want to offer my uh, personal encouragement to you about something. Uh, life groups get started this week, and if you haven't signed up to be a part of a life group, I want to strongly, uh, personally encourage you to do that. It is the primary way that you get connected around here. It's the primary way that you build relationships with other people at Crosspoint, and it's just a huge part of who we are as a church. And so I encourage you, uh, go out to the Connection Point afterwards, spend a few minutes out there. They'll be happy to help you try to figure out a group that will work for you, and it'll be a, uh, such a significant uh, part of your life. You will just grow to love it, I'm confident. Hey, uh, Gary, thanks for uh, sharing your story with us throughout the Elevate series. We've got several more uh, stories. Uh, Gary's was really powerful, and I heard some of the others that uh, we recorded. Uh, they're great stories, and I know they're going to be a real encouragement to you, and we'll have one of those to offer uh, most of the weeks of this series. Well, uh, my son Matthew and I, uh, Monday and Tuesday, spent the day driving a uh, Penske rider truck like this from Ohio to Florida. It was an adventure. I'm not really normally a truck driving kind of guy, and uh, but we navigated it safely. Matt was a great co-pilot, and we made it back. We were moving my parents uh, from Ohio down here to Florida, and when we got here, uh, we moved them into uh, Presbyterian Apartments over in Fort Myers. They have a, uh, an apartment on the 13th floor of the building. Yeah. So it was a little bit of an effort, you know, to uh, get their stuff. I mean, we had an elevator, but it's just a little bit of a challenge. You get the stuff off the truck and little by little you take it up in the elevator and get it into the apartment. But you know what I discovered when you get up there? All of that effort of getting their stuff up there is worth it when you look out their window to see the view. I took some pictures. Now, this is a view from the back of their apartment just looking out on the ground floor level. Now, it's not a bad view. I mean, you can kind of see the river off to the side there, and you can see downtown. But the view when you get up to the 13th floor is spectacular. Here's a couple of pictures of that. It's incredible. And it was worth the effort to get up to the 13th floor and to have that view that is so much better. You know what the reality is? A lot of us have been living our lives at the ground floor level, and we've become very comfortable with the view. But what if we could elevate our lives and we could have a 13th floor view of life? What if we could take our lives to the next level? We could elevate them and we could change our view of the way that we see the world. I think that's possible. In the book of Acts, you find the story of the early church in its very beginning days. And as you read that story, you also get to read the stories kind of woven in there of people like us, early Christians. And these, these people like us struggle with the same things that we do. They dealt with the ups and downs of life, and they were actually dealing with some difficult economic times, and they didn't always agree with what the government was doing. And, you know, they had the joys and sometimes the challenges of marriage and parenting, relationship and friendships. They were just like us. But you know what I also notice about them as I read their story? It seems like they lived life at a higher level. There was something about them that had elevated their thinking, elevated their perspective, and they lived life on the 13th floor with a 13th floor view of life. In fact, I want you to listen to what's written about them. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Listen to some of the adjectives and adverbs that are kind of woven in here in this description of these early Christians in the early church. It simply says this, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were incredibly generous. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They loved being together. They loved worshiping God. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. And notice these words. With glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now don't get me wrong. They had struggles in life just like we do. But there seems to be this joy and gladness that was pervasive in their life. If you, as you read through the rest of the book of Acts, and we're going to keep coming back to this book throughout this series, you just keep finding these nuggets all along the way that help us to see they lived life with joy and a glad heart. They lived life at a higher level. So the question is, is it possible for us to live life at that higher level, for our lives to be described as filled with joy and gladness? And I would say absolutely it is. And so for the next several weeks, I want to point you towards some very simple tools and some attitude changes that if implemented in our lives can elevate our thinking, can take our lives to the next level, and can change our view on the world that we live in. I want to begin today with a, the first tool. It's actually a tool that you see lived out in the lives of these early Christians. It's mentioned in verse 42. And it seems as you read this that this was a regular, if not daily, habit in their lives. And Acts 2.42 simply says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, what does that mean? Well, they had the privilege of hearing from the apostles the very words of God. Well, let me help you understand You see, they didn't have the New Testament Bible like we do. The New Testament part of our Bible hadn't been written at the time that they were living. But they had this incredible privilege of being able to sit at the feet of the apostles and learn from them. These apostles were 12 followers of Jesus, His closest followers, who during Jesus' time on earth had the incredible privilege of learning from Jesus every day, from hearing the very words of Jesus spoken into their lives. And then these apostles in the early days were taking those very words from Jesus and they were sharing those words with these early Christians. Now, we don't have that privilege, do we, of sitting at the apostles' feet. But you know what we have that they didn't have? We have the Bible. We have the New Testament. We have the Old Testament. We have God's Word spoken for us. And we have the opportunity to take those words into our lives and allow them to elevate our thinking, and to change our perspective on life. So today I want to encourage you that we need to value this book and we need to allow the incredible teaching of this book to penetrate our lives and to elevate our thinking. I want to remind you of just how incredible this book really is. Watch this.
So here's my goal today. It's very simple. My goal today is to try to convince you with all the energy that I have to simply read your Bible every day. That's it. Because I want us to understand the value of this book. It is more than just a book. It has the power to elevate our lives. So the first thing is, you need to make sure you have a Bible. And I imagine there are some of you today that are thinking, I don't really have a Bible. Or if you have one, you're thinking, I have no idea where it is. I haven't picked it up and used it for years. Or maybe you're thinking, I have a Bible, but it uses a lot of language that's pretty ancient. I don't understand a lot of it. We want to give you a Bible today. As you came in, the tables at the entrances have Bibles on them. And if you don't have one or you don't have a Bible that you understand, pick it up, take it home. It's our gift to you. We want you to take it and read it. And then when you come back next week, I want you to bring it with you so that you can open it up and look while we study. Secondly, then, I want to point you to a passage in the Bible that I think reminds us of the value of the Bible for our lives every day. In fact, if you have your Bible, if you open it up this morning to Psalm 119, and as always, I encourage you to bring your Bible with you and to open it up as we study. Uh, You may want to take some notes there or open your weekly update. There's some space there for you to take some notes so you can remember these things and take them home and use them this week. Psalm 119, if you open your Bible pretty much right in the middle, you'll come to the book of Psalms and then search around until you find chapter 119. We're going to start in verse 97. Now, let me give you some background. This is King David writing. At the time that he writes this, there are only seven books out of the Old Testament that have been written. The whole Bible hasn't been written yet. There are only seven books probably that have been written as he writes this. These, the seven books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and so on, the first seven books, would have been written 100 years before King David writes the things that we're going to read this morning. I know I hear people sometimes say, well, the Bible seems so old, it's kind of ancient. Is it really applicable to my life? Well, David says the things that he's going to say, he's saying about seven books that were written a hundred years before he writes. And let me just tell you, the seven books that he had probably aren't the most interesting or exciting books in the Bible. And yet listen to the kinds of things that David says beginning in verse 97. He says, oh, how I love your law. Now, does that seem kind of strange to you? That just kind of that he just says that out loud almost. Oh, how I love your law. Well, here's why he feels that passionate about it. He says, "I meditate on it all day long." Now, trust me, David is king. He's got plenty to fill his mind, plenty of decisions to be made, people to tell what to do, plenty of things that could fill his mind. And yet, David says, "I meditate or I think about your word all." day long, which causes me to ask this question of myself. What do I think about all day? What is it that fills my mind? You know why that's important? Because whatever it is that fills our mind is what influences the decisions that we make every day. David says, I think about your word, God, all day long, which leads me to believe it was God's word that was influencing the decisions that David made day in and day out. Verse 98 says, Your commands are always with me. David says, Wherever I go, Your Word is with me because I have taken time to read it and to put it into my heart. And wherever life takes me, difficult moments, easy moments, Your words are always right there with me. And they make me wiser than my enemies. David has plenty of enemies. He has powerful enemies, and I imagine they were smart enemies. 
And yet David says, I am wiser than my enemies. Why? Because I have been studying the things of God. God's Word makes me wise. Why? Because when I read God's Word, it helps me to see the world the way that God sees the world. It helps me to understand that God teaches us very clearly what doesn't work in the world that He created. David said that gives me a sense of wisdom greater than my enemies because I see life as God sees it. Have you ever thought that God knows what gray, looming clouds may come your way next month? And have you ever thought that God wants to help you be ready for those gray, looming clouds that may come? And that the way that He helps you to get ready is through His Word? He wants to hide things in your heart today that will bear fruit maybe a month from now when suddenly those gray, looming clouds show up. You'll be ready. You'll have wisdom because you depended on God's Word. You know, there are two teachers in life that we can choose between. There's either consequences that we learn from or there is wisdom. Now, we all know that when we choose to learn from consequences, that's the more difficult That's the by far tougher teacher. The costs are enormous sometimes. The pain and suffering is significant. David says, I have learned to trust in the wisdom of God for my learning because it helps me to avoid the pain and suffering of the consequences. And God wants to give us that same wisdom if we'll take time to read His Word. Then he says this in verse 99, I have more insight than all of my teachers. Now that word insight, it's kind of the idea, David sees the big picture. Do you know what that's like sometimes when you're so involved in things we can't see the big picture, but when you step back suddenly you, you see this bigger perspective and you can connect the dots. David says, I have that kind of insight. And how did I get it? In fact, I have that kind of insight beyond even what my teachers have had. And do you know how I get it? I get it from God's Word. Then he says this, For I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders. He says, I'm even wiser than those who are farther along in life. In fact, maybe people said to David sometimes, David, you're so young, yet you seem so wise. You know how he got that wisdom? He got it from God's Word. Then it says this in the second part of verse 100, For I obey your precepts. You know what David's saying here? David is saying that I have gained insight, I have gained wisdom, I have gained understanding by being obedient to what you've written in your book. Now, you know what? We usually flip that around in our relationship with God. We say to God, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, we say, God, if you'll help me to understand why you're wanting me to do that, then I'll obey you. David says our attitude should be, God, because you said to do it, I'll do it. And then as I do it, I will grow to understand why you're asking me to do it. And it's true. If we will obey first, wisdom often comes secondly when we obey the things that are in this book. Then he says in verse 101, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws for you yourself have taught me. You catch that? He says, you yourself have been my teacher. Well, wait a minute. God wasn't actually coming down and sitting down with David and meeting with him and saying, let me teach you today. No, David says, just by reading this book, 
It is as if God is personally teaching me. And you talk to anybody who's a regular reader of the Bible, and they probably have had that same experience. I know I have. There have been times in my life when it seems like I am reading the Bible and it is as if the words jump off the page and into my life and God speaks directly to something that I have been struggling with. It's as if He personally teaches me. You know what our struggle is sometimes? Our struggle is that we are always asking God to do something for us. I mean, that's how we pray most of the time, if we're honest. God, do this, stop this, keep me from this, bless this. What if God wants to say something to us? What if it's more important to God to say something to us than it is to do something for us? And what if the way that God speaks into our lives is through His Word, the Bible? What if He wants to speak directly to us and to say something to us? He still does that today. If we'll open up the Bible and read it. Then He says this in in the next verse. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. David says, as I read this book, God, I get your perspective on life. And you know what it helps me to do? It helps me to see right from wrong. It helps me to see the wrong path to take and the right path to take. It gives me that kind of insight in life. And then I want to wrap up with what he says in verse 105. In fact, I want you to read a couple of words in this out loud when we get to them. He says, your word is a lamp to, what's the word? My feet. Isn't that interesting? Remember, God... These books had been written a hundred years before David was alive. And yet he says, these words that I read in your book, they are a light to my feet. My feet. Very personal. Then he says in the second part, and a light for, what's the word? My path. David says it's, it's as if it's like walking down a dark alley and you can't see very far in front of you at all. But God's Word lights the path. Helps me to see where to go. It is an incredibly personal thing. And if God would do that for David, won't He do that for us as well? If we'll open His book and we'll read it for ourselves, His Word will be a light for our path, my path. It's very personal. This book is not some theological discussion that only pastors or shepherds or a priest or some other religious leader can understand. Now, this was a very personal book that God wrote so that He could illuminate your personal journey through life. This book has incredible power for our lives. So if that's the case, why wouldn't we take some time every day to open this book and allow it to elevate our thinking and to change our perspective, to change our view in life. Well, let me give you some very practical tips about how you can very simply take some time every day to open this book and allow it to light your path. First, a lot of people might ask, well, where do I start? There's a lot of books in there. Some of them seem very complicated. Where do I start? I would say you start with the Gospel of John. 
It's in the New Testament part of your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the book of John. It tells the story of Jesus' life and allows you to see how He reacted to life. It's a very understandable book. And that's, that's where I'd tell you to start. Maybe you'd say, well, then how much do I read? Jeff, do I have to sit down and read like a whole book in one time? No. I'd tell you, if you're not in the habit of reading every day, why not start with just a, a two or three verses every day? You know what? If you would just do that, if every day you'd find a few minutes to just read even two or three verses, it'll have a huge difference in your life. It will elevate your thinking. And it will change your view. And you may grow to the point where you want to read a lot more than that. And that would be okay too. So what do I do with that then? I would suggest that you then have a plan that you do something that would help those words get from the, that page of the Bible into your mind and then into your heart and then into your actions. And I think that one of those significant ways that that happens is for you to take a few minutes every day to journal. Now, I'm not talking about writing some long diary. But just to take a few minutes and as you read, to jot down a few things. In fact, I want to give you a plan of some things that you can specifically write down that I think will help the words get from the pages of the Bible into your heart so that they really guide you on your path. I want to use the word soap as a way to remind you of this very simple plan and some things that you can do in a journal. So, suppose you had your journal page, just any notebook page, and you could take that out and maybe at the top each day you'd write the date, today's 9.13, and you'd write the passage that you're going to read. And we're going to actually work through this passage we've been in. So you'd write Psalm 119.105. The first letter, the S, you'd write that down, and it simply stands for Scripture. And so you would read those few verses that you're going to read. You know, in this case, uh, we're going to talk about Psalm 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light for my head. And as you read those verses, you'd ask God, God, which one of these verses do you really want me to kind of concentrate on? Which one of these verses has something to say for my life today? And then I'd encourage you to actually take your pen on that paper and to write that verse out. You know, in this case, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Because in that process of writing it out, it'll help it stay in your mind a little bit longer. Then you're going to write down that O which stands for observation. And you're going to take a few minutes and you're just going to ponder, think about, meditate on that verse. And as you do that, you're going to ask, God, what about this verse do I need to do something with? How am I supposed to react to this verse? Is there something different in my life that's supposed to happen that's talked about in this verse? And you can just jot down some things that come to your mind. don't even have to be in full sentences. I wrote in full sentences on mine because I wanted you to know I can. But here's some things I jotted down when I was thinking about that the other day in my office. It, it lights my path. It can't light my path if I don't use it or know it. Without the Bible, the path seems uncertain, maybe even dangerous at times. Um, I wrote, I don't like being in the dark, which is true. I really don't. Um, I'm much better off when something lights the path for me. And they're not profound. In fact, your thoughts will probably be a lot more profound than mine are. But just write down whatever it is that God brings to your mind. If you were to read my actual journal, I just want you to know, you would find some things that are you know, profound once in a while that God points out to you. After you've done that for a few minutes, write down that A, which stands for application. And you ask God, God, what about this verse do I need to act on today? How should I live this out today? What should be different in my life today 
because of this verse. And maybe God will bring some things to your mind and you can jot some of those down. I jotted a few things down. Uh, I said uh, in this application, uh, I, I need a daily dose of God's Word. Um, I need to make sure it's in my heart every day, that it can't just be in my head. It's got to get to my heart. And that I'm going to let God's Word light my path today. That as I live out my life, I was thinking, I need to stop along the way and say, How, what would God's Word guide me to do in this situation? If I'm really going to let it be a light for my path. And again, it's just whatever thoughts God brings to your mind, write those things down. You know what Jesus said in John 13? Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. See, God's Word was intended not just to get into our heads, but to get into our lives and affect how we act on them. And then the P stands for prayer. And by that, I'm simply saying, take a couple of minutes then and ask God. First of all, ask Him, God, would you please help me to think about this verse all day long? Would you just keep reminding me over and over again? God, would you help me? In this case, I wrote, God, help me to value Your Word. Help me to make time every day to read it and get it into my heart. Thank You for making it a light for my path. But ask God to keep bringing that verse back to you over and over again. And you know what? If you will take just a few minutes every day, it's not a long, involved thing. This can have a profound impact in your life and elevate your thinking and give you a whole different view of life. Why wouldn't you take some time to do this? I think this is so important that I went out this week and I bought a bunch of notebooks because I want you to have a, a notebook to use as a journal when you leave here today if you don't have one. Because tomorrow I want you to get started and I don't want you to have any reasons to think, oh, I can't really do it, I don't have a notebook yet. Because if you don't get started right away, you'll keep putting it off and it will never happen in your life. So actually on the back rails, as you leave today, there are some notebooks back there. Take one of them if you want and use it as a place. They're not fancy. They were on clearance at Target, but they will work um, for you to begin to, to journal. The, did you see the uh, FedEx commercial that ran during the Super Bowl a few years ago? It was a, a spoof on the movie Castaway. And uh, in the commercial, you know, they show the guy uh, on the island. He's a, a FedEx guy, and there's this box that he has while he's there. And then the next frame, they show him he's been rescued, and now he's going to deliver this box to the address that's on. And so he searches for that address, finds it, and he goes up to the house. Once he finds it, rings the doorbell, and the lady comes, and he explains the story about being on this deserted island, and he's had this box for the, all this time, and he wanted to be sure that she got it because it was important. And he delivers it to her, and she thanks him, and she says, but, he says, by the way, ma'am, you know, I've had this box for a long time. I'm really curious. What's in the box? And she says, oh, nothing really all that important. There's a satellite telephone in here and a global positioning device, and there is some purified water and some seeds. I mean, that's all the stuff that he needed on the island that would have taken care of him. And here he's been carrying around this box all of this time, and it had all the tools in it that he needed, and he never used them. A lot of us have Bibles that sit around at home and we move them when we dust things and maybe you pick it up and carry it to church. But most of the time, it just sits there. And it is filled with so many of the tools that you need to safely navigate through life. But it's useless because we've never picked it up. We've never read it for ourselves. We've never used it. And I want to strongly encourage you 
with everything in me today. That you would make a commitment today to read your Bible every day. Even if it's just a few verses, I want to challenge you to make it a habit, to pick it up and to read it, to allow it to elevate your thinking and to guide your path. I think this is so important that I want to give you a moment to make a commitment right now. In your weekly update, there is a card. It looks like this. And I want to encourage you to take that out. It simply says on there, I want to elevate my thinking. So I am committing to read my Bible every day beginning tomorrow, September 14, 2009. And if you're willing to make that commitment, not to me, but to God, then I want you to take a moment right now. And I want you to pull that out and I want you to sign your name to it. And I want you to date it. And then I want you to take it with you and put it somewhere where it will be a reminder. There is something about when we actually sign our names to something, it makes the commitment seem more formal, doesn't it? And I want it to be that serious to you this morning. That you would make that commitment right now and you would sign your name to it as a promise to God that I am going to try to read my Bible every day. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we allow... God's Word to get into our hearts and to elevate our thinking. Why wouldn't we take advantage of the opportunity to let God speak to us every day? Why wouldn't we take advantage of the opportunity to allow the incredible things in this book to get into our hearts and our lives and change us? Would you pray with me? God, I thank You for Your book, the Bible. God, it has impacted my life so deeply. I am so thankful that You have provided it. And God, I want to pray for every person in this room. God, especially for those that this isn't a regular habit in their lives. And I pray, God, through Your Spirit right now, You would just drive this point home to them. God, they would feel a sense of burden that You wouldn't let go of them until they begin this habit in their life. And God, I pray that as we read Your Word, that God, You truly would fulfill Your promises and You would elevate our thinking. God, You'd give us a 13th floor view of life and You'd change us as the words of Your book guide our path. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.